0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. morning. You mean to wish me a good morning? What do you mean that it is a good morning, whether I want it or not? Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of (laughs) (laughs) God. There
1: we go. A little bit of staying
2: alive for this easter monday i, I, I can't
1: think of anything more appropriate
2: <laughs> although i i am i am interested I, you know we don't we don't uh, i don't get to hear the music here in the studio that you uh, select for the show what does staying alive sound like without the uh <laughs> <stuff>? <laughs> <Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do>. <laughs> is it the same song without uh about the uh he's well, so it one of my favorite sketches <laughs> I don't know who, it was Big Train or whatever it is, when they they're all doing it and they're all like got deep bass voices, and then the production assistant just comes around and needs them all in the <laughs> yeah, testicles. I remember that. It's a great bit.
1: You know, I you know this is an Easter Monday episode, and no matter which way you know you come at Easter, whether it's you know from a Christian point of view, you might be agnostic, atheist, Hindu, whatever. The only thing that really matters this coming week is the discounted chocolate Easter eggs at the supermarket. Am I right? Are they discounted after Easter? Yeah.
2: After it? Ah, oh, so on Monday, that'll be cheap. Just today. today? Yes. Of course it is. You know, sorry, I'm just... I'm going back in time to Friday <laughs> to plan out how I buy my... <laughs> you know, I
1: reckon in the last two weeks, we've had the curtain pulled way back on all of what we do at Good Movie Monday.
2: I, I, I did listen to last week's show because <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't on it. And I, I was like, I love how you... On one hand, you you keep up this ruse that it's Monday morning. Yet you also, at the same time, make jokes about how it's clearly not. Yeah, I know. That's I, part of the <laughs> you're like, it's part of the shtick, mate. Yeah, you do both. You're like, uh, well, we're recording this on uh, this uh, something this morning, and uh, <laughs> but then, but then you, yeah, then you throw in these like these jokes about how it's clearly not.
1: And we're also uh, drunk out of our brains on the
2: last episode. <laughs> not a morning thing. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, I uh, we did have to. We had to, uh, we turned the volume up when you were talking and turned the volume down when Melzi was talking. Yeah, it was a tough one to edit. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like you guys had a great time with Look, it was fun. It was
1: fun. Yeah. Not going to lie. Not going to lie.
2: <laughs> that's what's important. It's not that we don't miss you. I, think, I do believe I do believe. several times in the show you, you talked about how you didn't miss me. Yeah,
1: that's kind of the stick <laughs> too when you know <laughs> it. <laughs> it what, what's the opposite? I mean, it's not self-depreciating, it's, it's been depreciating
2: yeah 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 I don't, it's okay if i do it to myself Yeah, when other people do it it's, uh, let's just move on shall we
1: <laughs> uh, welcome everybody it's good movie monday you're listening to the weekly podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings can you tell that's the part i do the same every single week
2: the the funny part is i didn't realize how much from last year to this year you had you had cut out and you do as pre-records that you insert like the um some of the ads and yep you know and and stuff and I was like I just it just didn't occur to me and I was like why are we getting through the show so much faster now and I was like this is great like it's so you know we, we get kind of get done in like 40 minutes this is uh this is fantastic and then listening to it again I'm like oh my god there's so much more that he puts in that I'm completely unaware of <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, <laughs> um yeah I mean
1: once again let's just pull that curtain back over a little bit just a little bit <laughs> <laughs> I'm certainly enjoying some chocolate today. It's a delicious little haul from yesterday's antics. Um, Welcome to the show. My name is Glenn Cochran, giver of eggs. Back from his working trip in New Zealand is the taker of eggs, Ben Halwig, who doesn't get eggs from me this year. I had one for him, but I'm going to eat it because he's technically not at the desk. He's at home on Zoom.
2: On Zoom. uh, I'm hoisting my own petard. (laughs) Uh, Because it was... you, you bent over backwards to get me to come out uh, to the desk and I was like, mate, I've been on a plane, I've been uh, in a rental car, I've been stuck in a McDonald's for six hours, I do not have what it takes to I to drive you car more than five minutes. I should have lured you with one of those giant $120 Easter eggs. Like if you would have told me that there was chocolate at the end of the rainbow... <laughs> Uh, I may have, I may have made the journey.
1: Well, welcome back. Anyway, have you had any kind of chance to rest yet? At the time we're recording this, you are literally fresh off the plane.
2: Uh, yeah, no. Like, I, I got in, I got home, I got home by about ten thirty, kind of last night. I think I was, I was, I was, I collapsed in bed at about ten thirty, um, and then I was up again at five to uh to take the dog for his walk while in that brief period where it wasn't raining
1: oh look you've been away for so long and you haven't had to take the dog walking you'd think you could plan it so you've got at least one extra day when you get home and yeah, no,
2: but the dog the dog is so disappointed if we don't take him like he really he really <laughs> plays on those heartstrings
1: Hey, before we move on, I've got to give a bit of a shout out to Melzi, as we mentioned earlier. She co-hosted the show last week. Very interesting show. Got a lot looser as it went along, but um, do appreciate uh, her filling your seat, mate. That was good fun. I hope she
2: didn't. I hope she didn't uh, adjust my bum grooves in the seat. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I need to sit in it and have a feel. <laughs> it'd be like a. It'd be like a giant, like a yeah, you know, like a child sitting in a giant's uh, bum uh, hollows, but. Uh... I hope. I hope. I hope they didn't. Uh, I don't know. I get back there and kind of remake all the impression, <laughs> re-customize it. Ah, well
1: noted. Future future purposes. I'll preserve your seat. Put it put it in the <laughs> cupboard when you're not here.
2: <laughs> yeah, cover it. Cover it in plastic and stuff. So it's all. Uh...
1: Yeah, You know it was great. Also, having you beam in with Jarrett from across the ditch, which, um, in a weird kind of way, you're going to be doing on on today's episode too.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, and then you know, when I'm away in in a in a month's time, yeah, for a longer period, that's going to be uh, super interesting.
1: It uh, certainly will. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that and how it's going to fucking work after we record because I still have no
2: clue. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, ideally, because of the time difference, ideally I'll just do it via Zoom. Amazing. From there. Amazing. Well,
1: hey, while we're still in intro mode, a warm welcome to the new listeners that we do have, because I notice every week we do tend to have a few that climb on board, and no doubt this week we're going to have a lot more because of our special guest. Ben and I uh, will be chatting with Tom Matthews. This is a guest we promised a few weeks ago, and <laughs> I didn't deliver because I got my schedules mixed up.
2: Yeah, I'd be very careful with that word, we. <laughs> there, uh, it was, you, you announced it, and <laughs> <laughs> And then you didn't put it in. I fucked up. <laughs> I I just sit here twiddling my thumbs, doing nothing. Hey, so I can't, isn't this,
1: isn't this I can't a, take any of the credit. Isn't this a team effort? Isn't money. this a team effort? Yeah. When yeah, we a, share success <laughs> and we share failure.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. I fucked up.
1: <laughs> Tom Matthews, though, like this is uh, the the actor most iconic for his work in Return of the Living Dead and the Friday the 13th franchise. Um and a slew of other notable movies and particularly a heap of Albert Pune movies, which uh, got me most excited. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be good having him on the show. Of course we have our other usual shenanigans coming up, as I said, Jarrett's peer class in a moment, and we also have the uh the Boneheads from Kentucky will be doing their Bonehead weekly fun size segment. But before we um push on to the the next block of the show, mate, let's talk about New Zealand for a minute. What did you get up to over there and did you catch any movies?
2: uh i did actually yeah we um we were pretty much we were working the majority of the time we came over i think we we did uh we did the full week here traveled on saturday started work there on sunday uh, and kind of worked all the way through so it was it was a pretty hectic uh two weeks but we did manage in our in our rare moments of downtime we did manage to to catch a couple of films I, i did we watched um uh, a man called Otto. Oh yeah, yeah. Just just dropped on um, Prime, I think Prime. Uh, and okay, I not the you know it's not the greatest movie ever made, but it's always fun watching uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah. So I, I quite enjoy. I don't think Jarrett enjoyed it as much as 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 I did, and I kind of kept it quiet. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, he knows yeah, now. About, he listens. <laughs> he knows now. But, yeah, I don't think he 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 thought it was great. Um, and then we watched uh, we. Uh, I can't remember. It was recommended. It was recommended by someone as um, a, a Frank Grillo movie called Dixie. Dixie something, and it's like a drug. Right. It's a Mexican cartel movie, and I thought that was hor- that was kind of horrible. I was I was much more interested in playing uh, games on my phone than <laughs> than watching that film, which is a shame because I am a big Frank Grillo fan. But we also managed to head over to uh, event cinemas in New Zealand and catch air because we got really jealous of watching you
3: uh,
2: being at the premiere. I really, uh, I've been looking forward to the, I really to, to missed
1: it. having you at this particular screening. This is one that I think would have been a, a great Ben and Glenn screening movie. I think, cause I enjoyed the shit out of it. Like I really, so far definitely top five of the year for me. And you know, it may stay that way for the rest of the year, but I just couldn't speak highly enough of this one.
2: Look, I I, I don't know if I would go as far as that. Uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed it, but what I, what I'm not sure of and I'll, it'll, I'll have to give it another couple of watches before the end of the year. I can't tell if I liked it because the soundtrack is so good yeah. or the film is so good. Yeah. <laughs> like, every song on that soundtrack was a banger. And I found myself and like other people in the cinema kind of singing along and bobbing along to, to that, uh, to that soundtrack of, of nonstop eighties bangers. Yeah. And, and so like, you know, and was I was I as into the story as I was into the soundtrack? I don't know. That's what. The, yeah. Well, I
1: kind of was. I just thought it was such a neat little packaged film. Like it was really well paced. It all mostly took place in one location. The characters were engaging. I love Jason Bateman in this. He actually had a lot of heart. He played his same, you know, yeah. same sort of, you know. I don't know what you'd call him, charismatic self, but he went a little deeper with this one. Matt Damon does what Matt Damon does, like he's good at it. Ben Affleck was particularly good <laughs> as yeah. the CEO of Nike. Um, I had, yeah, I just laughed all the way through this, even though it is fairly accurate to the story being told.
2: Yeah, look, I I, I remember a good friend of mine, Liam Jose, lent me two trade pa- two uh, trade paperbacks of uh, manga, manga paperbacks, which are like... These business, their business stories, yep. of like corporations, you know, Seven Eleven coming to America. Yeah, and yeah. it's the story of, seven, and they are fascinating. I
1: know the McDonald's one's like incredible.
2: You know, like they're they're really good. Like these kind of corporate, yeah. Um, which I'm surprised because you you know, I, I guess being there, it would just be a pain in the ass, and I would find it incredibly boring if I actually had that job. <laughs> yeah, someone doing a good job of of dramatizing it and cutting out all the boring parts and adding a cool soundtrack makes these things like fascinating, like more so than a documentary would be because, you know, then you have the liberal use of jogging montages (laughs) as in, and, uh, you know, beating you over the head with the fact that it's set in the eighties.
1: Now, look, speaking of jogging montages or jogging, the one moment I thought of you the most in that film was right at the end on the track, Matt Damon. I'm like,
2: yeah, (laughs) we get it. We get it. (laughs) Yeah, it was so good. It was such a good comedic moment. <laughs> building building yeah. the film up. <laughs> oh no. That's horrible. No. Horrible. It's so good.
1: <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about, just go and see it. Don't want to actually spoil it for you, but it's very, very funny. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, I'm glad you got a kick out of it. Um, yeah, I think I don't think there's gonna be much criticism for this one.
2: No, it's just a, it's just a, like, you know, I I, I sometimes I say it and it sounds like a, I'm being derogatory, but it is just a fantastic way to spend two hours. Yeah, totally. It's just a nice breezy, you know, pleasant way to to spend your time.
1: <laughs> and with that, let's uh, push on. Can you just do me a favor and go back to New Zealand just for a moment for the next segment?
2: Uh Sure.
1: Everyone who listens to this show every single week knows exactly what I'm about to say. Uh, And so you guys, you have maybe, I don't know, a minute, maybe less to go and take a piss or make a cup of tea or something uh, while I tell the new people all about Newsly. Let's just pretend you can't pause the show. Uh, But no, if you are new to the show, please listen to us on the Newsly app. It is a super app. It is free. Put it on your phone. Let you listen to all the podcasts from around the world. Doesn't matter what podcast, they will have it. But it also has all of the news from around the world. And the groovy part is that it reads it back to you in a natural human voice. So whether you're into politics, religion, sports, music, film, it doesn't matter. Because Newsly goes and finds the highest trending articles from over 80 different countries and then reads it back to you in a natural human voice. Uh, That's really, really handy. If you're on the go, you might be jogging, you might be driving to work, whatever. You might actually have um, impaired vision. Newsly has you covered. So the other awesome part is they have a premium service that we can give you an entire month's worth for free. All you have to do is use our exclusive code. It's M-N-D-A-Y. That's Monday without the O. M-N-D-A-Y. Punch it in, go to newsly.me. Grab the app, get some premium, on with the show.
4: Then how are you guys going? All right. We're going good. We're going good. We've just been busy working on behind the scenes of this new New Zealand horror film. I've been watching a lot of practical effects, which is which is terrific. I mean, mm. the special effects in this film are going to be incredible. It's a body horror film. I can't say too much more, but yeah. maybe in a week's time, once the press release has gone out, we can... We can speak a little bit more freely of it. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun working, like finally working on a horror film because we've been behind the scenes on everything from comedy crime capers to dark thrillers to science fiction features, but not like a actual multi-million dollar budget horror, horror movie. So it's refreshing to be, to be and the, the weirdest thing is when we're doing behind the scenes interviews with cast, not so much crew at this point, but the cast, not a single cast member is massively into horror films um in fact most of them are actually quite frightened by horror films terrified by them and (laughs) it just blows our mind because we're like oh okay cool you know they're not even 100 percent sure whether they could stomach watching this film but will clearly because they're in it so yeah it's interesting
1: there you go two guys from monster fest are the perfect ones for them to be
4: talking to oh well even even better than that was one of the girls talked about a film they had not seen but seen scenes from and the poster art and it had been spoken about so much and they go i think it was called the human caterpillar <laughs> and we're like oh the human <laughs> centipede and she's like yes that's it and then ben's like we did that one <laughs> she's like what <laughs> we're yeah, responsible. we distributed that one back back here in new zealand and in australia so yeah, i think after that she kind of looked for the nearest exit was like <laughs> yeah and did you tell her there were three of them we did i did. <laughs> I kept making them they kept making them and then i think she said so where where do they where did they come from the us and what did you say ben i said
2: no they come from uh they're
4: they're dutch films
2: <laughs> and they're, they she's, Tom like, Sixers, and she's like of course it's the dutch <laughs> <laughs> it's Excellent. very much it... yeah you know, michael cain's not wrong in austin powers like there's only there are two things i can't stand in this world it's racial intolerance of any kind and the dutch
4: <laughs> amazing amazing right. so what's out this week on home entertainment there's three actual huge releases coming out i'll speak about the one i'm most excited about first and that's <laughs> megan and that's coming out on blu-ray and dvd now this has got both versions of the film the theatrical, and what they're calling on the local release, the unrated version, which clearly is rated M.A., so we're going to go with <laughs> uncut, the uncut version I of the hate film. That so much. It's ridiculous, and it's becoming a common theme amongst the majors at the moment. It's like they've got that lazy at redoing the art for these releases that they're just... And you're like, well, clearly that's just... Is
1: like- there nobody in those departments that actually raises a hand and says, hey, it's actually rated, like...
4: I honestly don't. I don't think so because I remember receiving. Oh god, it was probably maybe four or five months ago. I got a full slick of an upcoming release because they sent it to me so I could grab the special features for an article I was doing for the Monster Fest site. And I noticed that the aspect ratio was a bit odd. It had said like you know it was two thirty-five to one, um, letterboxed. And I went. Mm, that doesn't sound right. It should be sixteen nine, not letterbox. <laughs> yeah. And then I also looked, and it had that one of the audio tracks, one of the languages was Atmos. And I said, "Well, that's not a language. That that's this, you know, the audio codec." <laughs> yeah. And me supplying that information to them was just baffling. And so I had to send them what the back of the foreign release looked like, so that they could marry yeah, it up. Yeah, wow. And then it went through a chain of command till it came back, and they went. He sent us the artwork for the UK one. No, no, ours is this one, and they resent the same image again. So I had to circle what I was talking about and say, "No, this is wrong." And wow, I don't know if it actually the finished product had it on. <laughs> I think they all looked at me like, "Oh, you know," responded to me on email like, "I was I mean, a one a massive nerd and two yeah. <laughs> they didn't know what the fuck I was talking about and it wasn't going to make a difference to them."
1: No, but you guys, you know, you work in distribution. Have you ever had yeah. that conversation whether you should release something with unrated on the slapped on
2: the cover? definitely no no but we have had i can't remember what title it was jared i'm pretty sure we went out with one title that had the we put the band in queensland logo on it it wasn't bloodlust was it may have been bloodlust or maybe smoke them if you got them i don't know if we did it just as a a thing but we actually did get questions about is this you know legitimate questions from
4: retailers is this actually banned in queensland (laughs) uh... incredible incredible (laughs) and that will lead me into another point i want to talk about but we'll save that until i get through this week's releases so megan apart from the two cuts of the film you actually get three featurettes uh look they're marketing you know epks they're nothing special so it's a shame there's no deleted scenes but i guess they're all used in the uncut version mm-hmm. and there's no audio commentary look so it's a little bit light on but look i'm happy that we're actually getting to see that version that we yeah we get to see the first time around fun
2: movie looking forward to it what right. about all of the um what about all the, the social media stuff they did with uh the megan and the dancing and all like that none look, of that I, stuff I, is going to be
4: on the well day. i think that you know they've got their home ed department their theatrical division then they've got their marketing department. And they don't and talk to each other, other. And none of them speak to one another. <laughs> yeah. They're probably completely unaware. Like, I mean, even Smile, yeah. which did come out in a fantastic edition locally. Unfortunately, no 4K Ultra HD though, despite there being one in the States and the UK, that release didn't have any of the, you know, the marketing stuff they did. And they did some great viral stuff because they had the girl, you know, standing behind Home Base, you know, doing the maniacal smile. And that was just like this viral sort of advertising that they did, and they did, you know, uh, people appearing at train stations and department stores doing it all so they could get like people sharing it on social media. But of course, that would be an amazing special feature, but maybe not until a boutique label re-releases the film in 20 years time, if physical media is still around. (laughs) I hope it is. Okay, so another release that's coming out this week is a film that I haven't seen, but I really wanna check out, and I think I'm gonna have to import it because they're not doing the 4K Ultra HD locally. And if I'm going to watch this one, I want to see it in optimum quality. It's uh, Babylon. It's coming out on the ah, DVD. Yes. You, know, you lads saw this film and what was your general take on it? Freaking loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and it's I think I love, especially
2: after the uh, the week we've had, Jarrett, you will really appreciate the elephant stuff <laughs> in, I, in I did, Babylon.
4: I did spy some of the elephant stuff on another passenger's monitor on the plane. I said to <laughs> Ben, I don't know this guy's watching. But an elephant just shat on a guy and he goes, oh, that's Babylon.
5: Yeah. I
4: love that. I love that. That's fucking hilarious.
1: I never think about that, like the films they put on a plane. It's like, you know, the the casual observer can just cop a look. It's just like, what is is it? Very inappropriate. And that's in
2: the first, that's in the first hour of that film. I I don't want to, I don't no. want to catch it because it does go for three and a half hours or something like that. Uh, the elephant so... shooting scene or the top <laughs> end yeah. of the movie. Yeah, no, just
4: the elephant shooting scene. But it's the sort of first, like, an like extended, the, the the first hour, is just debauchery. Like, yeah, 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 perfect. Sounds yeah. like my cup of tea. Yeah. So that one's coming out, and again, it's a bit of a lacklustre release. There's only a handful of featurettes on there. I think three featurettes again, but at least there's some deleted scenes on there. But sadly, no audio commentary. And like I said, I, I, I want to see it and i'm going to import the 4k the us 4k has got atmos so look you know it's a marriage made in heaven
1: shame about the commentary would be a good commentary
4: yeah absolutely well again it's will this film get another release down the track unless it's you know looked kindly upon by someone like criterion down the track i honestly don't i don't think so you know and so it's it's got
1: film value it's got very much a cult kind of film value well, it could awesome. turn out
4: to be the next day of The Locust, where it was like critically <laughs> sort of reviled at the time of release. And then some 30, almost 40 years later, the film is celebrated and heralded as a classic. So it could be could be the same thing. And then the last one I want to mention that's being released this week is the new Steven Spielberg film, film, The Fablemans. And that's coming out. And again, it's... This you one mean
2: actually, The Femans. The film. The it's a good one. No, sorry, they were setting Meet the Feebles? <laughs> no, I knew, no, I knew was... what he was going for there. I just didn't it think didn't, it through. It didn't quite work. It didn't. the The theme, the theme review of the theme, and it didn't. Yeah, pay, I've, the gag didn't pan out. I've been is sitting, it, is sitting across from someone that. No, seen the film or I've, no, been, I, 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 I've been okay, sitting I, I'm across I'm the desk
1: long enough from ben to know exactly where his brain was in that
4: moment yeah, no. <laughs> and I, I was on was... board for the wreck yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was just i was just a confused onlooker I was like i don't know what's going on but i wish i was in on it <laughs> but the fablemans and again it, yeah like i said a, a sort of lackluster release just a handful of featurettes three in fact and the trailer for the film And that's all you're going to get. But I I feel like that film may get another release down the track. And I mean, again, no 4K locally, just Blu-ray and DVD. And again, it got a 4K release in the United States. That's a try before you buy for me. So I think it's one that I might watch on the plane trip home because I'm pretty Mm. sure I saw it on the in-flight viewing. I enjoyed the hell out of it.
1: Like, it's, it's, it's not a masterpiece, but I think it's a film I will appreciate more the more I go back to it. Uh, What was it? Is it Dennis Vellivue or whatever? The guy that made Dune has hailed it like the greatest film about film ever made
4: (laughs) That's incredible Has he seen Robert Altman's The Player? (laughs) Has he seen a hundred other movies that are about film? Yeah, totally Has he not seen
2: State and Maine?
4: I was just about to say it because I thought you would (laughs) Cinema Paradiso Come on All the classics All the classics Soap Dish? No, that one's about TV (laughs) It's still a very good film Maybe (laughs)
2: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, the... uh... What was it? How to, how to how to how to film an orgy? What was that film?
4: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something. One of, of those ones. Signs. I mean, yeah,
2: they had to you make a that, porno.
4: What was that, Christopher? Exactly, yes? with... make a porno. Oh, it, yeah. um, a, uh, for your consideration. No, no, yeah. that one is too. But no,
1: the mm. Christopher Guest one with Kevin Bacon, and he's pushing the trolling oh, with the camera. The big
4: picture. Yeah, big picture. Yeah, yeah. that was great too. Yeah, with Chuck from uh, Better Call Saul.
1: Oh, which is you uh, know, yeah, from yeah. from all of the Christian yeah, exactly, movies. Yeah, exactly.
4: Exactly. <laughs> it's such a. I remember revisiting that film a few years ago, and it was such a weird juxtaposition to be watching that as Better Call Saul aired, and seeing um, the age difference of Michael but, but, McKean between. Yeah, the way the way things. that
1: we identify Michael McKean has changed completely. Like, because now Saul is the first thing that comes to my mind. I know, when it's once so upon strange. a time, it was like any of the fucking comedies he made way back when
4: Precisely, yeah. Any of the Dave St. Stuff. Hubbins,
1: you know, fucking yeah. You know, like,
4: Incredible. Then the other news that we wanna speak about is the fact that Houseboat Horror has officially been announced by Umbrella Entertainment last week. They've announced that they're releasing the sort of standard collector's edition and then like a limited edition collector's edition that comes in a bundle with some art cards, a 48 page perfect bound book, an A3 reversible poster and a very cool band in Queensland pin. Uh, But in addition to that, they're, uh, the, the disc, both, both releases is, are fully loaded with special features. I mean, you've got seven featurettes on there, with everyone from cast to crew to even Michael Helms talking about Melbourne filmmaking and shot on video film in Australia, or shot on film, shot on video, video. I should remove the word "film" from that completely. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's a ton of stuff. Uh, there's a commentary track that I will be recording. We haven't recorded it yet, but I'm recording mm. with the late shows Tony Martin, which I'm really oh, excited come about. Come on, you're playing that down. That's a huge deal. Oh, I'm so excited about. It. I'm trying oh. to play it down so I can keep the fanboy That's in me. That's true, bay. but like, I
1: mean, there's a history with Tony Martin in this film. Like,
4: absolutely. Like, yeah, Tony Martin is responsible for pretty much introducing this film to a massive audience because when it was released on video in 1991 no pun intended but it pretty much sank it came out through an indie distributor it made into you know a handful of video stores it was banned in queensland so it wasn't readily accessible there and it kind of just disappeared it didn't really turn out to be what ollie had hoped it would once be and i mean obviously the special features will tell you how troubled the production was and how long it took to take it from the initial shooting through to release but the fact that you know, that came out in ninety-one, then the late show did a sketch, you know, with their undiscovered masterpiece of cinema in nineteen ninety-two, and you know, sort of did a really funny take, you know, review of the take film. On it. Yeah. A piss take. And yeah. it blew the film up. Like yeah. from there, like Gavin would receive fan mail. You know, uh, they they reissued the film on a sell-through video that actually played up the fact that it was such a bad movie on the back of the slip. And it found a new audience. It found an audience, I should say, really. And it even then got broadcast on Channel 9, you know, two years later. So he was a key part in bringing this film yeah. to a later sort of. You know, uh viewership. So that, yeah, is, he... that is super exciting.
1: I mean, I don't know how you're gonna control yourself and not talk want to talk about bad eggs and I like... know, I'm gonna have my bad yeah. eggs just sitting there going, <laughs> yeah. Hey Tony,
4: when we're done you sign this, yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's laughs> right. so, I yeah. live not
1: I live not far from the shopping centre at the start of that film now, so
4: we can um recreate cool. it if you want. <laughs> that that's excellent. That's excellent. Then I'll I'll send Tony a, a text with a picture and I'll go, Hey mate, look, we're just checking out some of the locations from yeah. bad eggs. We're just In driving ready- the the <laughs> yeah, <that's> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that thing's fully loaded. In fact, in addition to everything that Umbrella have currently announced, they haven't announced the essays that are going to be in the 48-page Perfect Bound booklet. Now, Ben, do you want to enlighten the good people as to what you might find in that booklet? Well, at
2: the moment, there will be a an essay on the great the four great australian sov films or at least or at least at least four There's, i think there is actually a few more that john harrison is putting together for us there is a a good friend of ours uh mr andrew liebold is putting together a a band in queensland uh essay and there is there is another one but um i don't really want to talk about that one yet just in case it doesn't happen because there is um there's there there may be some some illnesses getting getting in the way of that one and i don't want to
4: not not of the writer but of another person that's involved one of the other person
2: that was involved in it yeah but it'll also be full of vintage uh archival uh epk uh materials and a bunch of other stuff so um there'll be more there'll be more houseboat horror stuff correlated in this release than uh in any in any other way in any other time (laughs) Uh, like yeah, I'm I'm kind of shocked at the at the uh, treatment that we're giving uh, this uh, <laughs> well, deserving film. It's you know, a
1: I mean, once in a
4: lifetime opportunity, yes. and we've got to make it happen. Yeah. And
1: look, if you if you've never listened to Good Movie Monday, or you came on board later, like Jarrett's history with this film goes back. This was an April Fool's gag that he pulled, <laughs> yeah. where he, he <laughs> joked about releasing this film, you know, and now it's actually happening.
4: It's amazing it's funny because we had someone comment on our social media about that cruel prank we did but now it's become a reality and i said thankfully we're kind of involved in it because we've been able to make the reality of the faux feature edit, you'll bar up with gavin wood a reality and i've kept it as that title so it's like <laughs> yeah. prank come true so I mean, this yeah, has it-
1: happened to you and ben like you managed to release smoke me forgotten which was like almost a dream project of yours so like you guys are <laughs> Kicking goals, man!
4: Ah, oh, it's amazing. I remember when we were doing Smoke em, uh and I was doing it with Ben, and we we're doing the interviews and stuff. And I was like asking Ray Bosley questions about Houseboat Horror, and God, you would never have thought that you know some six years down the, maybe seven years down the track, that we'd finally be doing Houseboat. I don't think on Blu-ray too, which is fantastic.
1: now it's my turn, and and maybe there is hope for Caddyshack too. And we'll just um.
4: Wait and see. <laughs> dig dig into that Warner archive. They need to they need to get that thing out ASAP. Yeah. And yeah. as a bonus yeah, content, four K
1: bonus content like secret Easter egg. You've got harp lips. Yeah, mean, know, and then, they need
4: to work fast before Jonathan Silverman passes away. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, they've got to do a weekend at Bernie's special edition before he goes. As yeah. Well. I mean, that's. I what mean, happened. Oh, I may mention one more special feature <laughs> that we can confirm will be on the release i believe i can ben the documentary can we talk about that oh yeah
2: yeah sure
4: yeah okay so ollie (laughs) martin did direct a documentary right at the same time as he was directing houseboat horror and it's a documentary about australian stuntmen and it actually has a really great sort of 15 minute piece on houseboat horror it is phenomenal but the entire documentary it's jacko presents the mad daredevils down under will be included in sd as like a bonus feature but it's it's sort of hard to get your hands on this one obviously it hasn't had a disc release it was released Mm -hmm. to tape through the same label that released houseboat horror on video back in the day so that actually turns out to be uh johnny johnny young johnny young's
2: video label from johnny young talent time time. yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) of all the people in (laughs) in australian media he is not the one i would have picked To be the uh, (laughs) the savior of Houseboat of the original theatrical or the original release of Houseboat. All
4: right, it's phenomenal. And there's some other stuff we're working on that we're hoping to get cleared in time, because all the all the materials are due fairly soon. So hopefully we can get them cleared. But I mean, if we get these other extras, this thing is just going to be. I think it's going to be the it's going to be the most astounding huge release of any Australian film <laughs> that I can think of and I love that it's Houseboat Horror. It's yeah, Houseboat Horror. It's yeah. amazing. It's amazing to think this will have a better edition than Picnic at Hangar Up, Mad Max, you know, all of these
3: celebrated Australian classics
4: and Houseboat Horror. Yeah, it will win in the end. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> there we go. Alright, well, there we go. That
1: is a wrap and it's very weird to be talking to Ben in New Zealand when he's on the show, like you know, like, <laughs> you know, yeah, there's, there's
4: no curtain here. <laughs> he, he's omnipresent. He, he's just something else. He's got yeah, like so- <laughs> he's got those Seth Brundle teleporters here, so I'm pretty yeah. sure he can be there in the studio, albeit with maybe some weird deformities. <laughs> yeah.
2: What I can what I can do is I can leave a phone here,
4: <laughs> hidden away
2: in the Airbnb, and then. Like, call the phone, control it remotely, and link in to the show. So I can, uh, well, technically, I will be physically in Melbourne. My transmission will be coming from New Zealand. There'll be a weird delay, though. Seems excessive.
1: We've gotten to, like, this is what, we're half an hour or so into the show, and um, that's clearly not what happened. he's he's just writing
4: a Christopher Nolan script right now
1: and of course if you're watching this on YouTube none of this makes sense so anyway guys I'll let you guys go and um, I'll see you back on the show Ben and you next week Jared. See you mate Okay Ben so the thing is over the last little while you and I are a lot busier than we have been in previous years with work and, and, and all sorts of things so we've tried to people may have noticed, we've tried to change the show up a little bit, shake it up and and retweak it so we don't have to put as much preparation into it. I don't know how that's going. That's for them to decide. But one of those things that we've done is this segment, which is spinny wheel. It's an age old thing where we spin a wheel and we discuss whatever it lands on, or at least let that lead into a discussion. So that's no different from our old, you know, what is it? Lucky dip and and all that kind of stuff. Spitball before lucky dip. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Where are uh, the master's originality? Yeah, well, hopefully, none of these this iteration doesn't damage anyone's collection.
1: <laughs> That's true. Spitballs, people, <laughs> they were wet, yeah, <laughs> and they'd land on covers. And what we forgot or I forgot was that the top of covers is open so that the water can get in,
2: get in, and yeah. And they tell you, it looks like it doesn't look like what you think it would look like when water gets into a cover like that. It looks like <laughs> Well, well, let's not talk about that. Let's that's, talk about what it looks like. This is a PG. That's two,
1: years, that's two years ago's
2: problem. Yeah, that's right.
1: All right, let me spin the wheel and see what it lands on. There we
3: go.
1: <laughs> Fish out of water movies, Ben. Ooh. Fish out of water. Well,
2: Splash. <laughs> I find, isn't that most movies? Aren't most movies uh, a fish out of water? Well, that should be an easy conversation then. Yeah.
1: Sorry, I thought my joke was great. Splash is a good one.
2: <laughs> Splash 2? Yeah, Splash 2. Yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> uh, Finding Nemo? No, I don't think... Uh, I think no, that's I, a fish in water. That's a fish in water. Mm, oh, fish okay. In yeah, okay. What about um, Crocodile Dundee? Yes, yes, the second half. Although I guess they're both. The first half is Linda Kozlowski as a fish out of water and the second half is uh, Mick Dundee as a fish out of water. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um
1: that, I mean I think actually Australia does some good ones because of you know just our location. Anyone that comes here is a fish out of water yeah. and like Wake in Fright a good
2: example. Yeah, perfect example. Yeah. Um oh, now I'm now I'm trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm, looking, I'm just looking at my exploitation covers. What, what about else?
1: City Slickers?
2: Yeah, City Slickers is a great one. How And City Slickers 2, Search for... I, I love
1: City Slickers, and I would... I mean, I know a lot of times gone by, but everyone's doing legacy sequels now. I would love to see another City Slickers. Another one I mean, with,
2: with Billy Crystal as the yes. Curly character or whatever his name is? No. Curly? What's it's, his name? What's Jack Palenco's yeah,
1: Curly. Is it Curly? Curly, yeah. Um, and he had his brother in Part yeah. 2. Yeah. Yeah, but... Cause that was the legend of Curly's gold. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I would really like to see a, a third one. I love the first. It's just one of the most, I wouldn't say it's underrated because it won all kinds of awards. It was up for an Oscar. Jack Palance won a, an Academy award for it, but I feel like it's forgotten now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Okay, it's like, like anything like it, 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 yeah, it was a product of its time. Mm-hmm. and it's a like I used to marvel at it when I, at the video store when you know you'd see these movies that would come out and would be you know box office gold and yeah. 10 years later people just they don't know what you're talking about
1: i reckon it holds really up i reckon it's probably been about two years since i last watched it but when i did it was just as good now as it was then everything like, about it daniel stern bruno kirby like it's just great
2: i haven't seen it since vhs Oh, you I need to watch go back like i i would I actually because i remember loving absolutely loving it um so hey it's it's easter monday it's still day off. it's a day off you you've got day time I, eh? do it. I think i might have your i think you may have given me a vhs copy of it
1: yeah i did and do. it's got that fantastic um australian alternative cover art where cover it's up. on the horse backwards well
2: yeah, maybe that, maybe that's uh like you know Thanks for inviting me back on the show Glenn but uh <laughs> yeah rovin rovin G my
1: ass is swollen
2: <laughs> I've got to go how about uh I'm just looking around at my VHS collection as we talk how about uh this this gem the wrong oh, the
1: wrong guy with Dave Foley what? I adore that movie
2: it's such a good movie and it is a great fish out of water yeah. See, although it is it is it is uh, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's. I mean, man, I, that's one I would like to do for a recommendation on the show. Just consider this people a recommendation. Yeah, it's one of the most undervalued comedies of all time. Comedies, yeah, the it's, scene when he like, there's so much. I mean, this is a movie about a guy that thinks he's on the run from the cops, but he's not. Like, they're not, not after him at all, but he thinks <laughs> they
2: are. And you think, there's a sin? That's the yeah. thing. So basically, Dave Foley is like is an executive at a bank. No, sorry, at some corporate
1: at a firm. firm yeah. At
2: a, at a corporate firm, and uh, he he has to go in and see his boss for for whatever reason, and he finds his boss dead, and he pulls out the knife or whatever it is in his back, yeah. or, or and he's busted in the moment. And he's bu- busted in the moment, and so he goes on the run. What he doesn't know is that the boss has had surveillance cameras in his office the entire time. <laughs> And so the cops come in and they see, they know exactly who who did it or didn't do it, as the case. Yeah, and
5: it wasn't him. <laughs> it wasn't him.
2: And so he's just on the run, and he goes out to like somewhere in rural America, where he's like hides out on a farm, and uh, with uh, 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 Jennifer Tilly, I think is the yeah oh, the love interest. God. Um, and oh uh, yeah, no, yeah, he doesn't hide out. He hides out with the local bank manager, who's being threatened by the farm, like the, the farmers don't their salt loans. of the earth type he's of the, guy. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just, it's hilarious. It's great. So
1: the stick out moments in this, it's been such a long time. I have the DVD, so that might be my uh, Easter Monday viewing. But yeah. that moment he gets caught and he thinks he's, you know, suspected, he tries to leave the building covered in blood. So he holds his hand to his nose saying, Nose bleed, nosebleed, and <laughs> <laughs> he's
5: drenched in blood.
1: <laughs> and then there's a great moment because the, the actual killer is Colm Fior. Yeah. And it's there's a scene cast. where Dave Folly is on the train, looking out the window, and there's Colm Fior in a Jeep following the train alongside, looking in, and he thinks, Jesus, like this Dave Folly character's he's spotted me. like, He's got his eye on me. This guy's better than I thought he was, but it's actually Dave Foley looking at his own reflection. <laughs> so good. You got the bare naked ladies as the cops that sing in the alleyway. Oh my God. Yeah. Everything about cool. that movie is just gold. The guy, who,
2: the guy who plays the main cop is hilarious. Who just uses the he's whole. Like
1: a, he's like a Josh Gad
2: type. Yeah. I thought it was heavy D. Like when I think back on it, I thought it's heavy D, but it's not heavy D. <laughs> He was in <laughs> trouble. But, They're uh, going
1: through the surveillance footage before they get to the murder. It's the it's the boss masturbating. Yeah. It's like, does he know we're watching? Oh, he knew. No, he he knew. He wants he won- us watching. <laughs> <laughs> a- uh, and that's right. And the cop loves all the perks.
2: Yeah, yeah. So just, yeah, uh, 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 I may have to take in a Broadway show to to solve this case. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good.
1: Anyway, um, we could just nerd on about that forever. Uh, I guess the only other one that comes to mind, maybe, because um, I was looking over the corner at my Futurama box sets. Do you remember Sleeper, the
2: Woody Allen film? Yes. Oh, fuck! Wow, what a great film. That's that was-
1: like Futurama before Futurama.
2: Yeah, the like it, I would say it's probably my favorite Woody Allen movie. Like in in, in terms <laughs> of like just. Gut-busting laughs.
1: Yeah, those early it's... films were gut-busting funny. That's um the one where he's, he's um, he's cryogenically frozen for like two hundred years, I think it is, and he's thawed out. You
2: know, yeah. in a and new society. Somewhat... Yeah, <laughs> but uh, look, actually, I saw Sleeper with another great Woody Allen fish out of water movie at the Aster, uh yep. Bananas. Oh, bananas! Which I love is it. So good. Where he plays is it bananas. Like,
1: is Bananas the one where he's like the uh, the celloist in the orchestra in the, in the marching band. Uh, and if you're a cellist, you've got to sit on a seat. So he's constant, in the marching band's marching and he's constantly got to pick up his seat, sit down, play, pick up his seat, <laughs> sit down <laughs> and
2: play. <laughs> I don't, I'll, I'll, all I really remember from Bananas is, I don't know, like he's at the start, I'm pretty sure Bananas, is the product tester, right? And he he yeah. um, he goes into the other woman to the woman's office, and she's like, he's like, "Oh, what are you doing on the weekend?" And she's like, "Some friends are coming around, and we're going to watch a porno movie." He <laughs> goes, like, oh, oh, "Would you like an usher?" But then he gets somehow he gets he gets voted the president of the Banana Republic, and yeah, uh, that while, is
1: right. It's yeah, a different the, one I was thinking.
2: Then there, um, Howard Cosell and the the you know wide world of sports. <laughs> team are covering it like a sports event and they're like uh, you know (laughs) and as the assassin uh, prepares to kill el presidente it's (laughs) it's so good
1: such a good i've got too i've got too much to watch on my easter monday
2: (laughs) yeah it's a lot it's a lot of movies
1: That's a good one. That's Alice Cooper singing Hard Rock Summer. It's a perfect way to introduce our special guest, Ben. That song was recorded exclusively for the Friday the 13th Part 6 soundtrack. Do you remember when songs were recorded exclusively
2: for movies? I do. And they were hit.
3: Yeah.
1: They would
2: become hits. I'm, they were. I mean, look, I'm glad you chose that song, but I am also simultaneously disappointed that you didn't choose <laughs> Surfing Dead from uh, Return of the Living Dead. But uh, I'm assuming that there would have been some copyright clearance problems getting that one across the line.
1: Perhaps. possibly uh i did i did go through a few songs that didn't quite make the grade so <laughs> <Bloody> <laughs> it's not that that's second rate or anything
2: <laughs> bloody youtube
1: uh dearie but anyway tom matthews probably the most beloved version of tommy jarvis i'd say in the friday the 13th franchise
2: uh i mean that's a big call but uh yeah i'd say so he probably does the. Mo- i mean is, it, is when you when there's a cory in the mix I know it's uh yeah especially a bald crazy
1: yeah well for me anyway it's always when it comes to tom matthews the first things that come to my mind obviously return of the living dead but also mean guns mean guns is a really good it, one for me
2: it's 100 percent return of the living dead okay like, yeah i know you love Mean guns but return of the living dead because he's like the main guy yeah he is he's the main guy and he's the and he's the he's the one who can smell his your, you know that's what i i was like Well, I think in the interview, like I asked him, you know, do people call out in the street? And in my head, it was all do people call out, you know, I can smell your brains from here. (laughs) And of course, no, it's all like Tommy Jarvis stuff.
1: (laughs) But yeah, his, his response as people are about to find out is equally as amusing. Yeah. Tom, it's great to be chatting with you. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thank you. Um, yes, thanks for joining us. it's you've got such an amazing body of work. And for the benefit of our our listeners, you you started your career um, back with some absolute bangers, you know, from Return of the Living Dead to Friday the thirteenth, and of course, your movies with Albert Pune. Um, yep and and for like you know the people that are no strangers to Albert Pune's films, they'll know that you appeared in twelve of them. Like, what kept you coming back?
6: uh albert i mean he was just very you know he just uh very creative and it it allowed me to make some fun artistic choices on every project so i kept coming back
1: excellent i was gonna pick your brain about what what he was like to work with but like your first film with him was i believe dangerously close my dog in the back (laughs) 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 (laughs)
3: exactly (laughs)
0: <laughs> One of many
1: My
6: my wife is rescuing dogs So we have a couple of dogs in here
1: <laughs> That's hilarious <laughs> So um, Dangerously Close was the, the first yeah. movie that you made with Albert um, Was that just the regular audition process? Like how did you come into Albert? Yeah universe? it was
6: And um, it was a very long audition process And uh, I found out later that he had everyone stay And we'd scenes back and forth to see how we behaved, to see if we were like, you know, could go with the flow and and, and did it again. Bastard. Um <laughs> Steen Look at him. Look at him. Um when I was yeah, he, did on, he, did, he, he did it on purpose to see how we would react and you know, yeah. to see if we got up
1: tired or, you know, how we behaved and stuff. I think your dog took a leaf out of Albert's book. He's just seen how we'll react. <laughs> okay best, best interview That's, ever
2: sorry i'm so
1: sorry no no i was serious this is great
2: <laughs> when i was uh when i was crate training my dog uh, when he was a puppy i'd wake up in the morning and there'd be like a quarter of the blanket will have been eaten <laughs> yeah be like, what? <laughs> in the yeah. end just just leave him uncovered and uh hope that, hope that he uh he doesn't start eating the mat <laughs>
1: So what do you think it was about you that kept Albert coming back to you and making you a regular player? Again,
6: I think it was my my choices and stuff. Uh, For example, when I did Down Twisted, the guy was scripted as uh, a dark, you know, physically fit. So I started working out, I dyed my hair black, and I got home and I looked in the mirror and just, God, that doesn't look right on my skin, the dark, the black hair. So I bleached it all white, and I didn't tell him no. And I went down to the set in Mexico and I got a blue the character's name was Damma, so I went, I got a, a silver cap and you know just demolished him all out. Blue, I found a really great blue suede uh, jacket that I brought down with me that I found at a secondhand store and uh, I walked up to the set and because they had already started shooting, I said oh, and he looked at me, he didn't recognize it. it's demolished. He goes, I
3: love it. So,
6: <laughs> so he was, he was uh, you know, he was open and he, and he wanted the creativity uh, input, and, you know, make it your own and, and things like that. So he was, uh, he was, it was so much fun, very creative process
0: to work with him.
1: I was
6: going to say,
0: you must
1: have had a great
6: well, learned relationship. you learned a lot. Yeah, from him and his filmmaking and his style and, you know.
1: Well, how would you describe him? Like, if you're talking to somebody that doesn't know of Albert's work, like, what's the best way to yeah. describe him as a filmmaker?
6: Uh, well, gosh. Guerrilla filmmaking uh, at its finest with some uh, very artistic events. For another example, I forget what movie it was, but we, there was a long, like a five-page dialogue between me and uh, someone else, and, and it travelled. We were going down the staircase, Right? So, and in the middle of the staircase, there's an an up and a down. So it was like maybe two floors and it was a basement. So, and in the center was a door uh, to go into the elevator, I guess. So we were traveling, we'd get up, we'd go up and hide behind the wall. We start our dialogue, come across the the door and go back down. We're still talking and then cut. We started up again. He changed the number on the door. So it was the same. It was like a, you know, four page, a dialogue scene, but we'd stop it. Stop. Go up here and start the dialogue again. He would just change the door, so that
1: was very <laughs> ingenious. That, you know? that sounds stop a bit that. like M- M- Mean Guns, maybe. Uh, that one had a lot of stairs. <laughs>
6: yeah, it could have been. That was a fun pro, Another fun project. I always tell yeah. everyone to watch that one. It's a really, really fun character. They almost were going to have me and my my uh, sidekick uh, do a spinoff because we tested so high with the audience and stuff.
1: Oh, amazing! 22. Like, like I mean, no you've made so many movies with Albert. Do you have a personal favorite?
6: Uh, I like the Down Twisted it was a personal favorite of mine. Just working with Carrie and, and Charlie Rocket, the rest of his soul, and uh, we were down in Mexico, and I had shot it just before I took off. I left there to go shoot Friday the Thirteenth, uh, Jason Lives. So it was fun to have uh, two films back to back, which is. It's happened a couple of times in my career, but it's very infrequent and very uh,
5: unusual to happen for an actor.
1: Albert was a pro at doing movies back-to-back. He quite often had it, his next yeah. film
5: prepped or already yeah. shooting before the wrap. The <laughs> yeah. We
6: shot, uh, what was it? Uh, Carrie, I was a kickboxer. What was what, the name of that one? Any, no. Is it Heat Seeker? No, it was. A, Benny Yukitas was in it. Oh, Heat Seeker. Was it Heatseeker yes. in the boxing ring? Yeah, yeah, with the robot so, boxes. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I don't think it was Heatseeker. It was or Blood, blood Match. Blood Match it was Blood Match. Um, he he had just finished the Kickboxer three, I think, so he had the set already set up. So he wrote this script uh, in like a couple of days, and we shot it in three days, and it was it was a grind. It was a lot of dialogue, a lot of fighting. Benny Yukidis from the Jet Center was in it. And a lot of his uh, his students were in it. So that was uh, very creative, very fast. And it turned out it turned out great.
1: Well, just Ended as a comment, just, just as a comment, like just to fanboy a little bit here, like Down Twisted, I think, is definitely my favourite of the films you've made with Albert. Um, Heat Seeker 2, a big one. But Ben and I both yeah. agree that, that Raven Hawk is an absolute beauty. That's a that's a classic right yeah. there. That's a, a yeah. far better film than sort of history probably suggests. <laughs> and, and amongst these films, like you've worked with so many amazing actors throughout uh, throughout this time. I'm going to just um, yeah. na- name some for the benefit of people listening. you got Burt Reynolds and Rob Lowe, Ice-T, Kahua, uh Hauer, Christopher Lambert, Tim Thomas and yeah. Courtney Cox, just to name some. Yeah, George and C. It-
6: Scott. I was really honored to do a TV show, Mr. President, with George C. Scott. That was uh, a classic Something that's never happened to me before he was we were over at the Paramount lot and I was uh, I was a Secret Service guy that guard uh, his daughter and we kind of like had this romantic interest going on and he didn't like it and um, so we were shooting our scene and we did his close ups first and then you know it was time for him to go so he left. So I ended up doing the scenes with a stand-in and he goes, sorry, kid, five o'clock, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's never happened to me. I understand it, but it was, uh, you know, no one told me what was going to happen. So I think,
1: was gonna... Wasn't Michael Caine so, famous for doing that? He, five o'clock would hit yeah. and he's like, lights his cigar and off he goes. <laughs> um, yeah. So are there any movies that Albert asked you to be in that you had to decline?
6: Uh, recently, uh, he was trying. Probably, I think like five years ago, he said, "Come on, let's come on and help me film this, and let's play." I said, "Albert, I've got kids, and I'm you know it's going to cost me more to work on the movie than what you're offering to pay." Because he was, uh, he liked to pay nothing. So, well, but, circumstances
1: um, certainly changed in in independent filmmaking over the years too. So yes, that's you know. true. Yeah. Just the quality itself, you know, was was a yeah. lot different. But you um you attend. Well, they shot on film though, unlike today. You know,
6: I, I did a western about four years ago where they were shooting on film. Which I mean, because when you shoot on film, the the DP go always says at the end of the shoot, check the gate, and that was like reminiscent of of way back when when I would do the film in, in 35 millimeters. So that was uh it
1: was nice to hear actually. Absolutely. I'm going to assume that you attend conventions and, and things like that. And I don't suppose you get asked much about Albert's films. Is it all Return of the Living Dead? and I don't. The Dead? It,
6: it, uh, usually they, they bring me in for either one or the other, but every once in a while, yeah, someone will bring uh, some something that they want me to sign from, you know, Mean Guns or Down Twisted and, and, and things like that. So. Awesome. It catches me off guard a little bit because th- then they really know my 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 work and stuff like that. So it's, it's Is that like, when
2: they're when they're standing in line to get the autograph, can you tell what they're there <laughs> for? Like by looking at them, you're like, this guy's a.
6: I usually have to look at their, what they're holding. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah they really have something because I don't have anything like that. You know, on my table uses eight by tens, but there's nothing from Mean Guns. I even have some guy even uh, made a comic book out of Mean Guns uh which i have i never bring them out but uh, let me grab one i got one right yeah, here. yeah for sure cream rat studios designed mean guns they made a comic book he sent me a bunch of them i signed a bunch of them so he could you know it's a
3: yeah right awesome
6: it's pretty you know just fun stuff
1: that's incredible. It actually reminds me of, um I, I heard a story that you can probably confirm or deny, that Mean Guns, it was shot in a, a, a former prison, Pri- or a brand no, new prison.
6: A, a future prison, yeah, because there was and, nobody in there.
1: And because of that, I believe they weren't allowed to put you no know, fake blood anywhere on the walls, it had to be sanitized, which is why the movie is so violent without any bloodshed. Right. Yeah,
2: so that comic book can put the blood into yes, mean black and white. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's black and I white. That, I thought that would have worked well for the new prisoners coming into there. That the would area. be great if, if it was blood black blood. and
6: white, and then had the red for the blood. That would be yeah. that would be kind
1: of cool. So, how did that work? Like a brand new prison that hadn't opened yet. You're making a movie. Was there really strict conditions? Were you being watched by people?
6: Ah, uh, there were people there, but it wasn't uh you know, it they hadn't geared up yet. so there wasn't uh, a lot of uh, sheriffs there and stuff like that because all the all the prisons are run by the sheriff's department here you know yeah
1: I, wow, amazing. Now we before, pretty much had the
6: we had pretty much had the run of the place
1: yeah and it's a it's a film before it's time because so many movies since then have taken on that concept and run with it. It's you know, I guess it's a little bit like dangerous game, which is a classic, but it's in a very modern kind of contemporary setting. Very cool. Yes.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, before we uh, before we wrap up and let you run, I want to go off topic just to ask you a question that I'm sure. just fascinated by. I want to ask you about Gene Wilder. He was your first director, I believe.
6: Yeah, he was. The Woman in Red. <laughs> yes. Like,
1: <laughs> I don't ever get to talk to people that have worked with him. So I'm just curious, like, what does he like to interact with? Did you get to interact with him much?
6: I auditioned for him, the audition was uh, very strange. <laughs> he stuck out his hand and I shook it and he had a limp, dead <laughs> he, he wasn't giving me anything <laughs> to see if I was sensitive enough to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the audition, you know. And I was like, I, you know, my scene was with uh, Charles Grodin and I saw everybody else on the set and Gene was directing of course. So that was uh, that was a lot of fun.
1: Was that like a baptism by fire? That's some like
6: movie making royalty. Much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: and then yeah, oh, Kelly, sure. Kelly LeBrock running around. At, uh, Correct.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it <doesn't matter. laughs> it's funny though. I would imagine that his handshake is like that. It matches the hair. Sort of well, I, I think he was. A,
6: I think he was testing me to see if I, you know, how I would react to his handshake. I always,
3: imagined, I always
2: imagine. I always imagine that in the woman in the woman in red, the biggest part of the budget went to all the air. Just to make Kelly LeBrock's dress fly up. <laughs> um, like they're, they're just inventing like James Cameron's like spending millions of dollars doing Yeah, they didn't have any <laughs> fans, it was just a bunch of grips underneath. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's a few directions i'd like to go there but i won't yeah. thanks so much for hanging out with us like it's been sure. a pleasure um your work is you know we've only talked about alba puna scratch the surface here but um yeah. yeah you've done some amazing things but we appreciate you taking yeah the time.
6: and we're doing all the uh, the never hike alone stuff uh we just shot the teaser for that and they're gonna film. we're gonna film it um over the summer and then it's gonna be re- re- released on october on friday the 13th in october this year yeah right, so, right.
2: Yeah, that to look
6: forward to Awesome.
3: I,
2: I, yeah. I am actually curious that when you're walking, just in your regular life, when you're walking down the street to people like screaming. You know what? You it's funny that you said that
6: because two days ago, I was at the bank. My local branch branch burned down from some homeless guy started a fire, so I had to go to another branch. And I was asking the teller, uh, nice guy, I said, "What's going? You know, are they going to rebuild it? What happened? There's a fire there. Yeah, a homeless guy. Blah blah blah." He goes, are "You Tom Matthews." tommy jarvis i
3: said
6: yes <laughs> so We got to talking, and i'm always surprised that people maybe he recognized my i don't i don't know because i look you know older because i am but he maybe he recognized my voice he was in he he plays the game you know he knew about never hike alone never never hike in the snow i told him about the teaser never like alone Two. it's on youtube and I told him it's coming out the film's coming out in october so yeah it, it, it doesn't uh happen for it used to have a lot more um uh, but because of the films I'm in, you know, uh, they, they look at me, they know me, but they're, they're not, not exactly
1: sure. sure.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So. That's cool. I mean, yeah, I I think you're instantly recognizable. Do
2: you get mistaken for someone else? The people are like. Uh, are you I I used the- to, when Michael Dudikoff did American Ninja,
3: <laughs>
6: <laughs> I was up for that role. And then when the poster came out, cause it's his face. And we looked very similar. My parent, my, my family was upset that I didn't tell them I had a new movie coming out. <laughs> it was just in place. And then also, uh, I used to get, like Woody Harrelson, because I I, I also, also auditioned for Cheers. Woody ended up get, getting it. You know, the more I lose my hair, the more I look like Woody Harrelson. Too, so.
1: oh, it's <laughs> funny you say this because behind Ben, he's got a um, Radioactive Dreams VHS cover there. And I said to him just before you came on, like, Tom could have been one of them. Like, he could have yeah. played that character. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, All right, mate, we're going to let you get on with your afternoon. Thank you so much for um my spending
6: pleasure. time with
7: us. It's been Thanks a treat. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly Fun Size, and I know we've talked about food and movies before, but movies that have made us hungry, but now we're going to talk about movies that are based around food that we like, and sirs, I have a real gem here that I bet neither one of you have ever seen. You guys know who Jim Varney is? Now, Glenn may have seen this, because his love of trash cinema and Jim Varney knows no bounds you guys know who Jim mm-hmm. Varney is, right? But in 1989, he starred in a low budget. Have either one of you ever heard of this movie called Fast Food? Oh, no. This is the plot. Not making it up. What would happen if a sex drug ended up in a secret sauce of a new burger joint? What would happen, Joe? High Hijinks would ensue. But let's not stop there. Not only did it have Jim Varney. You guys know Blake Clark, right? The character actor? Oh, yes. There's a lot of Adam Sandler films. He's in it. Kevin McCarthy. Great one. He's in it. Tracy Lords. she's in it. The great character actor Michael J. Pollard, he's in it. This movie was directed by the man that gave us Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3. That's right, 2 and 3. It is not one that you should go out and find. In fact, I'm not quite for certain where you can find it at. But Jim Varney actually plays the bad guy. He plays a Wrangler, Bob Bundy, who owns the competitor fast food joint that they're going up against. These young. They've got to open a ski school. It's kind of the same plot. They're opening up their own burger joint, and they want to find a secret sauce that can can compete with Big Jim Bundy or whatever his name is. And the guy, the nerd, because they have to be a nerd, right, gentlemen, in these 80s Mm -hmm. movies? Creates this sauce and it makes everybody real horny. That's the plot. Welcome <laughs> to fast food. You guys are check it out. Normally, I'm not the one who comes up with the obscure ones, but I think I did my job this time.
8: Chad, you know I'm not. Hey, talk, you I, go, I have, Chad. Fuck off. I may have I may have talked about this before, but I don't care because I still enjoy it. I watched it again for some reason, and it's about food, kind of. It's set in a restaurant. It's got everything else going for it, but more people need to watch the film directed by James Roday. Chad, you okay? I'm good. All, All right. Good. A director by James Roday, starring uh, Oscar-nominated folk. Well, one person at least. And that's gravy. You can't sing gravy. I God, have met it on so many things. I enjoy <laughs> gravy on so many different levels. It's set at a restaurant. It's these good people, on mashed
7: potatoes. It's good on country fried steak. It's good on country fried chicken.
8: I, it, it's set in a restaurant. These people come in to... These to, people. These people. These people. These people. Uh, anyway, that these individuals come into the restaurant, they're in the corner booth, and then uh, they they say, "Hey, we're closing." They won't leave, and then they basically kidnap the entire staff of the restaurant and start eating them. But they make the chef prepare them, and the chef is one of the most interestingly odd sympathetic characters because, he said, if you're going to eat my friends, I'm going to make sure they're prepared correctly. And he also, there's a couple other things that happen, but if you've never seen Gravy, it's a horror comedy, got some weird scenes in it, eating gets defined in a couple different ways, you probably, probably should check out gravy if you haven't seen it and you like horror comedies uh sarah silverman lily cole uh and i always say it wrong gabori Sib- all right gabba day anyway i am going
5: to talk about a movie that i think has been wrongly viewed for over three decades now these people are put as villains and they're really not they're just hungry they need to eat like the rest of us but because they're eating humans oh that's a problem we can eat everything else, but if somebody eats us, oh, those people are the bad people. Uh, I am, of course, talking about killer clowns from outer space, <laughs> the Kyoto Brothers, <laughs> the Kyoto Brothers, and all these aliens want to do is they want to eat. Sure, they want to turn us to cotton candy and then suck out our, our 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 delicious delicious fluids. I don't think our fluids are all that delicious. According to uh, based on this movie, they're like strawberry milkshakes. I hate mm-hmm. strawberry milkshakes. So I wish I would have came up with something better.
7: Strawberry wine. That's but exactly
5: it's all, that's all the movie is, is them eating us after they turn us to cotton candy. And, and I hate cotton candy personally. Can't stand the shit, but it makes me want to eat it every time
8: I watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Chad, does do that, does that make you, me a cannibal? Yeah, I was gonna say, do you think maybe you're a cannibal and you know that's frowned upon, so you pretend it's cotton candy? Hey, all I can Dahmer Party, are they vilified? No. Yes. The, 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 the yes, soccer players. The soccer
5: players, not Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> no, no, uh Chad, they Jeffrey Dahmer is not vilified. Town. No, no, they had, they had a, they had a ticker tape parade when they. Came. Dude, you do not read your history books right. I vaguely remember reading some history. No, Chad, Chad, you're reading you're your history
7: books from Florida.
5: That's it for right. Bonehead Weekly. So there we
7: are, the
1: Boneheads. Now, Ben, you weren't on the show last week to respond to Joe's uh dislike of Drop Dead Fred. I'm wondering what you are, uh, what you make of that.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting one. Look, I was I listened to the show last week while driving around Auckland with Jarrett, and yeah. and he was incensed by it. He, <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's a big Phoebe Cates fan, a big Rick Mail fan, and he loves that film. I was like, Meh, I can see it. Like, I, I I have only ever watched Drop Dead Fred once, and I've never really felt the need to rewatch it. Uh, which is probably like, wrong because I, I probably just watched it in the wrong frame of mind, and I should go back and give it the attention that it, it, I'm sure it deserves. But you know, as it stands, I was like,
1: oh, "This, uh, yeah." I was like, <laughs> "I'm gonna cut that from the show." <laughs> <laughs> I
2: can do it again. And, right. I can do it again and be outraged
1: get your pens ready everyone we're gonna take some mental notes here it's our recommendations we're going to just move on from that outrageous you know i don't know what you'd call that that's just now i'm livid (laughs) (laughs) i brought it up thinking you'd be on my side are you
2: reconsidering me as co-host now right
1: now (laughs) well that depends how the show ends.
2: <laughs> I mean, there was that extensive checklist, that, like tests, that I had to go through to get the job. And we agreed on a lot of films. <laughs> Drop Dead Free wasn't on that list, just lucky me. No,
1: but you do, you do arrive pantless, so that's okay. <laughs> okay. So, so this week, I'm going to start off with the recommendations. This one's actually very similar to Air, that one we talked about earlier on. And it's a brand new one that landed on Apple TV a week ago, I think. And it's Tetris. I watched this the day it landed and it's very similar in the sense of it's a story of a a sort of a corporate guy headhunting a product. Um, So it's, it is the true story of Tetris, the video game. And it's a fucking mental story. I kind of knew a little bit about the history of Tetris coming from Russia and the Americans, you know, trying to, you know, own it. I had no idea the level of uh, like, almost espionage that was involved with this so it's it's about a video game designer he's played by Taron Egerton and um, he discovers Tetris at a gaming convention and it's a very primitive game and he's trying to find out who created it so he can buy it and it turns out it came from Russia and the problem is though there's all this sort of um, red tape and whatnot of who owns it so whether You've got the video game rights that are like, um, arcade. You've got video game rights for console. You've got video game rights for handheld, all that kind of stuff. And it's him going to Russia to try and wrangle all of those rights, but the government in Russia doesn't want to relinquish it. And then suddenly there's death threats to the families in America. There's, you know, fucking kidnappings and shit going on all over this fucking Tetris game. It's mind blowing how deep this story goes. And um yeah it, it's it's like if you can imagine air deadly serious so air crossed with maybe bridge of spies you know that's yeah right I mean
2: that what you've got like you couldn't have sold it any better to me than say air versus meets <laughs> bridge of spies I am I'm down
1: yeah I mean I just I mean if I was this Tarrant Edgerton character. I would not have bothered. Like, the amount of intimidation and terror that the Russian government put this guy through, um, yeah, that's certainly not worth... I mean, in the end, it was worth it for him. <laughs> Obviously, Tetris became what it is, but far out. Yeah, I recommend that one. So there you go. It's on Apple Plus TV right now. And, yeah, well worth a look.
2: Excellent. Well, funnily Whatever enough, funnily enough um, I've also chosen a a film that has Cold War connotations to it, shall we say. Uh, Yes. When was the last time you saw Gotcha?
1: Oh, I haven't seen it.
2: You've never seen Gotcha? I haven't. You're in for a treat, my friend. This (laughs) uh, film uh, was directed by Jeff Canoe. Canoe? Canoe. Who directed, uh, among other things, *Revenge of the Nerds* and *Tough Guys* and *Vi* *Vi* *Wachowski*? Yeah, talk of my language. And uh, it stars uh, oh, what's his name now, uh, Anthony Edwards.
1: Oh, I know, the, I know Edwards. the poster.
2: Yeah, Anthony Edwards, and uh, he's a um, like in he's a college student, and he's the they've got this they have this paintball kind of paintball assassination game around the college called Gotcha. Mm -hmm. this is it's very similar to um uh there was that other paintball movie with um uh that i talked about on the show a while ago um and now for the life of me i can't think of the name of it but it's linda hamilton is in it and i think at the time i talked about how it was very similar to gotcha a tag tag the assassination game that's what it was called um but so so he's and he's like the the college champion of of gotcha and, but he goes on, he goes on vacation, uh, at uh, like at end of, end of term to, uh, East Germany, no West Germ West Germany, the good one. <laughs> he goes to West Germany uh, for a holiday, but there he kind of, he meets and is seduced by Linda Fiorentino, this like sexy older woman. Yep. Um, and, um, when, uh, he gets home, there's this canister waiting for him. Mm-hmm. He has no idea what it is, but next thing you know, he is being hunted by kind of these, you know, West German, uh, East German agents and KGB and all sorts of stuff. And all of a sudden, the game of Gotcha becomes very real. Oh. And it is, it is a hell of a lot of fun. It is, it is a, I guess, I don't know if, I don't know if you would call this a fish out of water story. It's more like it's a fish in water, but um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And it also, Um, I think Alex Rocco turns up. Yeah, yeah. uh,
1: I'm looking at it on IMDb now and I recognize um, the guy from Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Jisoo Garcia, who plays, he often plays like a a cop in movies, like a partner kind of cop. Yeah. I like him. This movie, yeah, I, I know the poster. I think, I don't know what poster is the official one, but it's sort of... Kind of got a, a sexy um, graduate type of pose. This yeah, is yeah, that's I, the one. I'm sure, I'm no sure one on the, the movie no, movie no movie. one listening to the podcast can actually
2: can see, see. But it's, yeah, it's Linda, Linda Fiorentino's legs and Anthony Edwards standing in the corner looking at them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is you know like kind of like almost through through a window or something like that. It makes him look very kind of pervy. <laughs> well, um, we were
1: allowed to be pervy back then.
2: Yeah, and it was, you know, this is perfectly okay for an older woman to seduce a college student to get him to do uh, her early deeds. <laughs> awesome. But uh, yeah, this is out, it's out on Blu ray through Kenan Lauber. I don't know if there's any other way to see it, but I would, it actually has a commentary with the director and uh, a, and, a, and a, another commentary by, by some film historians. Uh, so definitely worth worth watching. I've yeah.
1: just looked it up it's available to rent on Apple TV, YouTube, Beautiful. Google Play, Amazon, yeah. So it's out there. I'm going to definitely um it might not be a Monday thing because I've got other things to watch as we know. Uh, but it'll be a it'll be a later this week, thing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Good one. That's pretty much it for the show mate. Brings us right to the end. Time to go.
2: Time to go. All right. I'm going to head back from New Zealand. Uh, You're already back. You, you I'm back. And, yeah. That's right. I went back and I came. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's very confusing. It is. You know. <laughs> How do you think the Kiwis feel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, they hated having me.
1: Uh, thank you to everybody listening. Um, please support us by giving us a like, a follow, a subscribe, all that stuff. Our website's goodmoviemonday.com. So go there, check it out. There's links to all social media. Uh, it's great having you back, Ben. Thanks for another one. Um, thank
2: you. Fantastic being
1: How the fuck am I going to go when you're overseas uh, in a month or two?
2: <laughs> it's going it's to be a challenge. To be
1: determined. Um, yeah. Thank you to Tom Matthews. What a guy. Um, the video version of that is going to be up on Facebook and YouTube this Thursday. Highly recommend giving that a look because if, any, if, if for anything, his dog in the background is well worth the price of admission. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a song from Return of the Living Dead to leave you all with. It's called Love Under Will by the Black Jet Berries. And um, that's it. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Ciao, Ben. Bye-bye.